Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in our study of the New Testament. We are working through it a chapter at a time. We have done the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and now we're into the book of Acts. We're going to be in Acts chapter 12 today. And uh, this is an interesting chapter, kind of a transitional chapter. I had this thought in my mind, though, that you're going to get. I did a video. I was uh, Before we started, I was talking about videos. Uh, oh, about a year ago. I did a little video and put it on YouTube called A Christian Perspective on uh, 2012. You know, the whole Mayan thing. And I, it was a six-minute video, and I said, you know, no one knows the date or the time or the hour. And there's a father, and I gave him the scripture, and I tied it into Jewish tradition, tradition about why it is the way it is. And, and I, I made a comment, basically, that most of the sites promoting that December 12, 2012 day are selling T-shirts, and that that's why they're there. And that's why the whole thing is there. It's a, it's a make people scared and have them buy T-shirts sort of situation. And that was my six-minute video. That thing has been watched thousands of times. I'm amazed by how many times people find that uh, on the internet. So it's funny, you know, we live in this world where, where information can get out there. And it's uh, fascinating that, that, you know, from wherever you're at, you can, you can put stuff up and, and people find their way to it. Pretty, pretty fascinating thing that we have in, in our culture now and in our time now that wasn't in existence, you know, ten years ago. The internet wasn't that popular. Uh, and now it's, uh, it's, the, it's increasing so astronomically. But the potential for spreading the word of God is, is huge. And we have to take it over because the enemy's already using it big for all sorts of other things. So, uh, but what a, what, a, what a neat thing that, that uh, an opportunity it is to uh, share like that. We are going to look at Acts chapter 12. Acts 12 is, is a very transitional chapter in this book. Um, and, and we've been talking along, all along. Remember, you know, we looked at Luke first because Luke wrote both Luke and Acts. We looked through Luke uh, just, just recently and it, it uh, you know, chronicled for us pretty much the life and the ministry of Jesus through his resurrection and then um, uh, through his crucifixion, resurrection. And then Acts picks up that process, Acts 1, and then him coming and the uh, Holy Spirit coming on Pentecost, the beginning of the church. And we've been following now the, the beginning of the church in Jerusalem. Um, we've seen it spread a little bit uh, out through to Judea and Samaria and then uh, into the Gentiles. We saw that happen in Acts chapter 9 uh, and, and then in, into Antioch. We saw that with Barnabas, the spread. And now, uh, the, and sort of the main character, while we've had lots of people introduced, the main character in those chapters has been Peter, pretty much, in the ministry of Peter along the way. Saul, Paul, has been introduced to us, but he's not a main character, but he's about to be, at the end of this chapter, the beginning of 13, really it shifts, and we hear a lot less about Peter, and it becomes about the missionary journeys of Paul, um, pretty much, and how it spreads now, the, how, it, how this thing is just, the church is just spreading from Jerusalem, and how it started outside there, and now it's going to go around the world uh, in pretty dramatic ways, and really, when you think about it, fairly short period of time that the Apostle Paul in his lifetime gets to a big chunk of the known world 2,000 years ago in his travels. Uh, it's very fascinating how that works. And then we're still spreading it and it's still got ways to go and there's still places that haven't heard the word yet in, in the world, but um, we're certainly continuing on and as a church. And I said we continue on. These, this is the groundwork of what we still do today. And so 12, chapter 12 is very transitional. Um, and and its it sort of main purpose, I think, is that it, it demonstrates once again the uh, 
the, the rejection of Jesus as, the, of the, uh, as Messiah by Israel. It, it's very clear about what's happening here in the persecution of the church. And, uh, and this animosity of Israel uh, to the church is really what spurs on then these missionary journeys in the process. So this is kind of the springboard for all of that. So let's look at uh, Acts chapter 12. There's only 25 verses. So let's start with verse 1. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of the mind. You're out of your mind, they told her. And when she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the brothers about this, he said, and then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers at what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered they be executed. Then Herod went from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there a while. He had been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They now joined together and sought an audience with him. Having secured the support of Blastus, a trusted personal servant of the king, they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food supply. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, This is the voice of a god, not of a man. And immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the... But the... But the that's a weird place for a phone call. But the word of God continued to increase and spread. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark, and blessed be the word of the Lord. Okay. I like chapter 12. I think it's kind of a funny chapter. And uh, um, the scripture is an interesting thing all the time. But uh, there's some things in there that I want to talk about in a few minutes that we have here together. Okay. So, uh, in those first four verses... Um, King Herod starts imprisoning and executing 
um, some of the people, particularly the leaders in the church in Jerusalem. And uh, this Herod that's mentioned here is the is Herod is is Agrippa the second, who's the grandson of Herod the Great. So, um, not the same Herod that was there at the time of Jesus' birth. All right. Uh, James, the brother of John, you remember John and James, Zebedee, the fishermen? They, and they were like, it was Peter, John, and James that we always heard about in the Gospels, remember, that were kind of always arguing about who would be the greatest? All right, well, that James is, is Herod has him killed. He's, he's gone. He's put to the sword and dies. And because the uh, people of Israel like this, Herod finds Peter and has him arrested and imprisoned as well. Now, this is interesting. I think this is fascinating too. He, he's guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. So, most likely what happens is they take six-hour shifts with, with Peter. Two of the soldiers are chained to him. He's chained to two of them, and two are sentries at the door. Now, this is a very large detail because it's already a prison, I mean, think about it. It's a prison, so there's, there's already some guards now, because Peter's there. There's this extra detail of 16 guards watching Peter. Most likely, because if you remember in Acts chapter 5, Peter escaped prison once before. Remember, I wrote down the verses. I'll, I'll read them to you. Acts 5, 17 through 25, because these, these guys obviously remembered what had happened some years before Peter. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there, so they went back and reported, We found the jail securely locked, with the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were puzzled, wondering what would come of this. Then someone came and said, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple court teaching the people. All right, so we have this experience in Acts chapter 5, where the apostles have been imprisoned, Peter being one of them, and... Um, there's guards outside, like a normal prison, and they go to get him the next day, and Peter's not there. I like the captain of the guards saying, hmm, they wonder what's going to become of this. But these guys seem to be okay. It's not going to be so good for our 16-guard detail that was watching Peter this time. We'll read about that in a minute, but it doesn't go well for them. All right. Um, so Peter's in prison. Now, I think verse 5 is great, because by this time in his life, Peter really trusts the Lord. Because he's in prison... Verse 5, he's in prison. The church is earnestly praying for him. And then in verse 6, this is what I like about it. There's Peter. He's in prison. He's been in there like a week now. He's awaiting trial and execution. He knows what's happened to James. And he knows that that's what's up next. And yet, there he is. And he's chained between two guards. And he's sleeping like a baby. That's the picture. That's pretty trusting, don't you think? I think it's time to take a good long nap. And he goes to sleep. Then, in verses 7 through 11, uh, an angel, just like in Acts 5, this is the second time an angel has helped Peter to escape from prison, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, he shows up and it says he smacks him on the side because he's so sound asleep. He's got to whack him. He'd, and there was a light in the room and everything. Light sleeper. You'd have probably seen the angel come in. Light comes into the room and he's there for Peter. You would think, nothing. So he smacks him. Hey, 
Get up! And then Peter says, you can tell he's not coming to his senses quickly either. Huh? Dude, seriously, get your shoes on, put your clothes on, follow me. And so he does, but it says the whole time he thinks it's just a dream or a vision. He's not, he's not really coming to himself. And, and so he gets up and he does that. The chains fall off his wrist. He gets up and it says they walked by the first guard and they walked by the second guard. They got out to the main gate. The gates opened and he went outside and the, and the angel walked him down about a block and then the angel left. And Peter's just kind of going, oh, I guess it wasn't a vision. <laughs> I love that. Don't you get it? I mean, you see, can you just imagine Peter going, wow, that was cool. And I see him kind of scratching his head going, what now? And he goes, I'll go to the prayer meeting. <laughs> and so he goes. And, and in verse 12, now this introduces to us John Mark. Um, in, in, and John Mark um, is, is, you're going to see John Mark in the beginning of the missionary journeys with Paul. And then they have an argument. And then he's not with Paul. He goes with Barnabas because they're related. And then at the end of Paul's life and ministry, you'll see that they get reunited, which is pretty cool. And when you see the whole story, and we'll get to it in one of these chapters, you'll see that um, uh, I like that it's recorded because God works through even disagreement that people have, because sometimes we do disagree. And, and what's going to happen is at some point, one of these journeys, John Mark leaves, something happens, and he goes, and Paul didn't want him to go. And, and then Barnabas wants to take him later again, and Paul says, I'm not taking him, he leaves. And so Barnabas takes John Mark and goes in one direction, and we'll see Paul uh, get together with Silas, and they go in a different direction. And that's okay. You know what God does with that? He uses them both teams now to start churches all over the world. So he just takes what he's given, and he works with it. God is like that. I love that about God. God, I, and I'm not gonna, I have an illustration, but I'm saving it for Sunday because it's really good. I think you're going to like it. So if you want to hear that illustration, now you need to come back this weekend. Um. So, uh, this prayer meeting then is going on at John Mark's mother's house. John Mark, if you, uh, is, is, see, it's John also called Mark. John Mark is the writer of the Gospel of Mark, too. That's who's just being introduced. Alright? Pretty, pretty significant guy in his, his, his Gospel that he wrote is in the, in the canon. Alright. So, uh, Peter decides to go over to John Mark's mother's house, and sure enough, there's a prayer meeting going on for Peter in the house. Now, verses 13 through 17 I like, and you kind of chuckled when they came up. Uh, the, the church is praying for Peter. But it, what I like is it's, it's certainly not expecting such an immediate answer. Because Peter shows up at the prayer meeting. Do you get it? They're praying for Peter. Lord, help him to get out of prison. You know, we love Peter. We need him out. And, we need, and, and, and all of a sudden, <laughs> hey, it's Peter. And I love the, 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 the servant girl, Rhoda. Peter! <laughs> she doesn't open the door. And you know, he's just escaped from prison. He's probably trying to be... Being in would be better than being out in the street, right? <laughs> and she, it's Peter! And instead of opening the door, she runs back to the house to tell everybody. And, and Peter's like, hey! <laughs> and nobody believes it's Peter, because even though they're praying for him to get released, they don't, like, they don't... You know what I mean? You ever pray like that? And, and, and there's Peter. And, and when they open the door and it's Peter, they, they're all astonished. They say they know what to do. And Peter said, I'll be quiet. Let me tell you what happened. And, uh, and he does. So he fills them in on the whole thing with the angels and everything. And then he says, listen, um, uh, tell uh, James. Now, one James had been put to death earlier. This James is, is the half-brother of Jesus. 
And he's become an elder and leader in the church of Jerusalem, which is pretty interesting. And he'll play a role in some events to come. But it's so, one of the James, the brother John, has been killed. This James being introduced here, this is the half-brother of Jesus. And, uh, and then John, he says, tell him what's going on. And I'm going to go to another place. He's going to go and hide out is what he's going to do. He just escaped from prison, you know. So, so that's what happens. Um, in verse uh, Acts chapter 12, 18 and 19, things do not go well for the 16 guard detachment. Um, we read it. They, it's really, yep, it's kind of, I mean, it's not, uh, anyway. <laughs> it, which seems a little rough to the 12 guards that weren't on duty, but nonetheless. <laughs> okay. Now, and this is pretty interesting too, verse 20 through 23. I, maybe it's just me the way I read it. But see, Herod comes to a really bad end himself for not giving praise to God in a situation. But did you ever look closely at the phrasing of this, verse 23? Because the phrasing is very interesting. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. It doesn't say he dies and was eaten by worms. Do you notice that? I look at that and go, Ew! (laughs) That's a really slow way to check out, ain't it? I don't know. He was smote, um, if you look in the King James. So it says here, struck down, so maybe he was. But it says, it's kind of funny the way that's written. Those kind of things strike me as interesting. But you, you don't want to mess with what belongs to God. That's what I get from that. Because if he does go out by getting eaten by worms, that's, that's got to take a while. That's my thinking. Yeah, a lot of worms. And then uh, verse 24, even with uh, all the persecution, I love this, of the church, because it's heavily being persecuted now, the word of God continues to increase and spread, which always happens anywhere that the, the church gets persecuted. It goes, it gets spread like crazy. Uh, fascinating uh, concept and process. And then verse 25, um, Barnabas and Saul, remember, were sent from Antioch to deliver an offering to the church in Jerusalem because it was going through a famine. And so they come and they bring the money and they deposit it there. And then it says, after they're done with that, they go back to Antioch. But when they go back to Antioch, they have John Mark going with them. And that leads us right into chapter 13. And when we go into 13, you'll see that they are then um, sent out on their first missionary journey. And, and even though the church in Jerusalem is kind of the center of it all, the center of the missionary work is Antioch. Because everything happens out of Antioch as far as the missionary works go. For the church, which is kind of interesting, I think, in that development. That's all I have to say about Acts chapter 12. And so, uh, if you're watching by video, thank you for watching. If you need anything, you can call us, email us, or write us, and we'll get to you. And hi to everybody in Williston, if you're watching by video, if Scott's not teaching uh, tonight. We're going to go ahead and uh, close it with prayer here. So, if you have your prayer requests, you can pass them up to me. Please turn the video off if you're upstairs and let me know that you've done that. And I will take your prayer requests and pray for them here this evening. Will you give me a thumbs up upstairs if you turned off the video, please?